It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. How are you doing, boss? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling good. Energy is... Um, what I say last episode, high frequencies. Yeah. That's what we're on this year. All high right, frequencies, right. good energy in the room. Shout out to everybody in the room, the family, team, the guests, right? Yes, sir. Um, and I also want to shout out the listeners out there, first time listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Yep. We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? Um, the hustlers, the shakers, right? People yeah. who, who are breaking down barriers, taking up space, um, not only for all of us here, but for those coming from behind, the next generation, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Erm knows. And yeah, Erm knows yeah. exactly why we're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, super excited. And again, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the family. Um, you know, I, I think we should just get straight to... Um, the purpose of why everybody's here. Right. And I yeah. think it's important that, you know, for those who are first time listeners to understand that we really try to get into the journeys that people have been on because it's important to allow them to, um, pay it forward by, by sharing their journeys and, and, and how they've kind of, um, attained what they have. Um, because, because we can all learn from each other. Right. Yeah. Um, and today's guest, I would say someone who truly represents, uh, what it means to, take this thing we call life and, and use it as his own canvas. Right. Um, to, to really like reflect the, the everyday magic that that's around us. Right. Yes, sir. Um, he's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything he's doing on the up and up. Right. Yes, Otherwise sir. he wouldn't be with us here today. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Um, he is a, he is a world renowned artist, uh, widely known for his pencil art, uh, creation style, um, and he, you know, he's, he's known for creating some of the most iconic and memorable pieces, uh, that reflect not only historical moments, but the people who've created those historical moments. Um, you know, some would say a modern day Picasso, maybe, right. Hey. If you let me tell it, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that for sure. hundred percent. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, really as someone who represents the arts and creative, um, and creatives of the world. Uh, aside from the iconic work that he's done and that has inspired so many, uh, what's even more amazing is the impact his work is having on so many lives um, where he's been able to create his own philanthropic machine um, that is actually filled by his creations to raise money for so many around the world that are in need. Um, and like he says, he said it himself, he's just getting started, right? Yeah. Um, but there's been a journey that got him here. And so we're super excited to learn more about it. And tap into it and dive into it. So without further ado, let's just get straight to him, man. Our guest is none other than the good man himself, Keegan Hall. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah. Give it up. Man. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. How are you doing, boss? Thanks for having me, man. This is dope. Thank you for being here, man. How are you feeling right now? I'm great. I'm energized. My wife's with me. Yeah. So, like, where else would I rather be than with, with y'all right now? Yeah, so this is man. awesome. We yeah, appreciate man. you. Man. We, we appreciate you yeah. being here, man. It's, a, it's an honor and it's a pleasure. Um, so to give you a little insight, mm-hmm. we normally, or actually, we always start every episode with a quote of the day. Okay. Um, something to get the vibe right. Um, yes, sir. Brother Man Erm, he's Come the man on. of the quotes. All right, man. What so you got for us? I got you. So um, the quote of the day today is, a noble purpose inspires sacrifice, stimulates innovation, and encourages perseverance. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Who's uh, that quote by? Uh, Gary Hamill. Yeah. Okay. I like, like that, that one. I like I that. Love it, man. Yeah, you like got to have a purpose, man. Once yeah. once you got that purpose aligned, like yep. everything else starts to fall in place. Yeah, exactly. So, but you got to start with the why, right? Yep. Mm. Yep. Man, to get everything going. So, yeah. You know. That's what keeps you going, by yeah. the way. It's funny actually cuz um I mean, we'll probably get into this, but uh you know, I, w- I used to work for the Seattle Sonics mm-hmm. and I was a big quote guy too. So like yeah. every day 
to start the day for the company, I would actually send out a quote every day too. So I love that you, you guys start with that too. Cause yeah. I just love hearing like the wisdom from people that came before us yep. and just like trying to internalize that and see yeah. how I can apply that too. So yeah, yeah man, I'm that, mm. that's home run right there. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. I like how it sets the tone too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty sure you feel me on that. So sure. We all love quotes, man. Definitely. Um, now obviously, as I mentioned, we were, we definitely, um, what we do here is we obviously get into people's journeys, right? And in the stories. But before we do that, um, I did kind of want to get your take um, because as someone who's an artist, a creative, um, who has attained, you know, a lot of success thus far um, through your gift and contributions, like, and from your perspective, how would you describe kind of the role slash importance of art when it comes to just kind of progress in our society and the world? Because I think it plays a major role. It does, and it, it always has. Since yeah. the beginning of time, really. I yeah. mean, art tells the story, and it could tell whatever story you want to tell. So it kind of depends what, what area you want to play in. I mean, for me personally, I don't go too deep down like the political side mm. or some of those, but mm. there's definitely an important uh, role for art to be played there. Mm. Uh, for me, I like to stay, obviously, sports, music, that inspiring side. Yeah. And I think that can almost be equally important, like trying to get that pe get people excited, um giving to people uh, an opportunity to connect with your art in a different way that mm. can kind of inspire them to do something great. So yeah. I think that's what's always been good for me is <laughs> like um, using my art to reach out to people. And I think just the art world in general, mm -hmm. it can, can kind of be a little bit scary if you're not uh, an artist. Like if, if you go into a gallery, it can be a little bit intimidating, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you don't really know what good art is. So yeah. like uh, one thing that I really try to, to bring to the table is uh, you know, doing hyper-realistic art, it hopefully it looks like how it's supposed to look mm -hmm. and it takes a little bit of the guesswork out of that. Mm. So I think I've, I try to bring like a new wave of people into the art world, mm. you know? So I think when you're talking about like what role does art play? Yeah. I mean, this is like a new, uh, basically building a new channel into the art world mm. for people that maybe were a little bit scared of even putting their toe in the water to begin mm. with. So I think like just bringing those people in and then hopefully taking them along for like a bigger journey. Yeah. Exposing them to a bigger side of the world of art. Yeah. yeah. Is just the beginning. For yeah. Them. No, that's, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you described it that way. Cause I think, yeah. I think there is no right or wrong way to create an entry point, you know, mm. for people. Um, it's about connecting first and foremost. Right. But I hear that all the time. It's like people, uh, th they are scared and intimidated and as a result, they just don't even go near it. Yeah. So they don't get exposure to it. They don't yeah. learn from it. Yeah. And it's just such a missed opportunity. So yeah. I think hopefully with my approach and I, I go to schools and all that and talk to kids and like mm -hmm. just hopefully just bringing people into this world that could be so exciting, so fulfilling, yeah. uh, you know, for yourself and other people. Yeah. It's just getting people in the door. Mm. Yeah. I love that, bro. Definitely. Thank you. That's, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Speaking of the journey, um, let's take it back. So mm -hmm. um, definitely would like you to explain your um, upbringing, early life, childhood. Mm -hmm. so. Man, well, if we go way back, <laughs> like uh, kind of a story that I tell often, it's like when I was a, a baby baby, like my parents were both really big athletes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they and once, uh, you know, they were older in their, in their 20s, whatever, they still played like rec league stuff. And, yeah. Um, so my, my parents were on a softball team and they were warming up before the game. And my dad was like holding me again, just a little baby in his arms out, out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And as they were like doing batting practice and fielding practice, the shortstop fielded a ball, rifled it over to first baseman and it like over flew him by like a mile and actually hit me square in the skull. Oh, wow. And like the whole place just stopped, like panic ensued. Yeah. My dad took off into the freaking parking lot. And the story I was told to me was like, there was someone pulling in to the parking lot as he was running out. And he basically like stole their car and drove to the nearest um, fire station. Yeah. Where they kind of uh, assessed the damage that it was like way beyond what they could control or mm. what they could handle. And they I took me to uh, Tacoma General Hospital. Oh yeah. And uh, obviously I'm, I'm here, I live, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. my skull was fractured in like eight spots. And uh, it's kind of a crazy just start to life, yeah. you know, like yeah. right out the gates, like bang. So yeah. that was always like the running joke with like what I've been like, was I way smarter because I got hit or am I way dumber because I got yeah. hit? Like, yeah. I, I mean, flip a coin. You can't yeah. forget that, yeah. though. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, real. that's a moment, man. But um, 
So that's that's starting way way back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, even from from there. So I grew up in the, a small town, Sumner. Yeah. Um, so hopefully y'all know where that's at. Usually yeah. I'm like, oh, it's by Puyallup, Tacoma. I keep yeah. keep yep. spreading out until they recognize the city. Um, but yeah, I grew up, you know, not a lot of money. Uh, we actually lived in a trailer park mm-hmm. um, for most of my life till I got to really to high school. And uh, just to make things a little bit more challenging, I had one sibling, mm-hmm. a sister, mm-hmm. um, who's disabled. Mm. So, I mean, you can kind of imagine like that family dynamic mm-hmm. of, you know, you live in a trailer park, your only si- sibling is disabled. So, mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of kind of social dynamics that came along with that, right? Like, you yeah. go outside, you go to the store, everyone's, like, staring at you because, yeah. you yeah. know, she has cerebral palsy, so she can't walk. She's mm-hmm. got big braces on. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's legally blind, so those big glasses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of learn a lot about people. Like, I, I was, like, an observer mm-hmm. from a very early age because I kind of felt those eyeballs on me. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of take a step back and kind of learn to kind of read the room mm-hmm. about what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it definitely influenced, like, you know, when, when, you, when you're around, like, I was always around disabled kids because, that, like, we should go, should go to, like, therapy every week. And you're just around that and you – you see like a different perspective of like an underserved kind of community yeah. and like what yeah. it means to be like something so simple as like being nice to somebody. Yeah. 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 You know? So I think that like those early, early years of being around that and observing that definitely played a role as I, as I grew up mm-hmm. and, uh, and turned me into the adult I am today. Yeah. No, I think, I think, it's crazy because that's like a running theme on this show. Um, we love to talk about people's upbringings, not only because it's part of the story, but I'll, I always say like a lot of the things that we kind of experience as, as we're younger really play the biggest role in who we're going to become, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes we don't really reflect. We kind of just go through the motions. But if you can connect the dots, you know, it paints the whole picture for you. Well, that's what's so wild because yeah. I, I look back now and I, I definitely reflect back a lot more now that I'm older and kind of mm-hmm. like the whole nature versus nurture and why am I the way I am? And mm-hmm. man, I was like that really quiet kid who probably if it wasn't for sports, I just would have been like invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thankfully I was good at basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 I read that you was a, you was a Hoover, man. Yeah. I played a little back in the day. Yeah. I was like Jamal Crawford's year. So I had to like guard okay. him. Oh, oh damn. Um, they, they came <laughs> to a, a tournament at our high school actually. And they won the tournament and I had to guard him. And yeah. thankfully his team was so much better than ours <laughs> that he didn't have, he didn't have to do anything. So I kind of, I got off that game. Let I mean, you off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. It could have made me look foolish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, Thankfully, I had, like, the, the teams, you know, growing up that kind of kept me mm-hmm. involved yeah. socially. And then, you know, you know, I was, like, you know, the captain of, of our team, which we were horrible. So it doesn't really say much. But just <laughs> you got to own that, man. Yeah. Having that someone got to be the captain. Someone got to be yeah. there, yeah, <laughs> by default. Um, yeah. But just being in that position, like, you know, gave me access to other social opportunities yeah. that, like I said, if I if I didn't have sports, I just would have, like, yeah. blended into the background. I'm, I'm curious, though, because I did read that you were – Along with sports, you were involved with the arts. Um, at one point, you were creating art and you were selling art at a local bowling alley, um, <laughs> right? Um, but you, but I'm, I'm also curious to be involved in so many things as kids, like most kids are and, and teens. Um, you did mention kind of like how it was kind of hard to find where you fit, yeah. right? When you yeah. may be good at multiple things, but everything you're good at does come with its own social group. So like. I guess, do you have some tips on how to navigate that for maybe kids or, you know, younger folks that are coming up? I mean, I I think it's good to have different groups of friends for different things. Mm. Like, especially for me, like I didn't, there's, I have no friends that are like me really across all these different verticals. Yeah. So there's nobody that I could just get complete fulfillment out of from that one person because there's just too much diversity in what makes me me mm-hmm. so I, I think yeah a lot of people they they try to find that perfect group and you just, it's, it's okay going between a few like i was i grew up i was a skater you yeah. know a skateboarder okay i used to have long hair if you can imagine that <laughs> you know so i had like the baggy pants and yeah. the ripped yeah. jeans and all that you know all through like junior high middle school whatever um but i also played ball mm-hmm. um but i also did art but I, so I, was, I was always into like entrepreneurship like mm-hmm. i used to like collect cards and comics okay. and buy sell trade all that fun okay. stuff okay. And so i think um 
and maybe it was just because of the environment I grew up in. Like I just had a lot of time on my hands because mm. you know if you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of resources. You got to kind of entertain yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like you mentioned, uh, you know, selling artwork at the bowling. Alley. Yeah, yeah. That was like I remember we did like a class project where in like elementary school mm-hmm. where we made these like stuffed bears, stuffed animal bears. Yeah. And we and I figured out a way how you can kind of like make themes out of these bears. So I made like Batman ones and like, mm. and I like did stitched them all by hand, cut them all out of this felt, stuffed them. Yeah. And like I would go to the bowling alley and sell these for a mm. dollar each. Mm. So like at a very very early age, I was like trying to figure out a way to make yeah make a few extra dollars playing, here and there. Playing MCs, man. So yeah, that's kind of how the entrepreneurship started. Yeah, but see, it's, that's what I say. Like sometimes all those things play the biggest role for what's coming in the future, even if you don't really know what's coming. Yeah. Um, and and kind of taking it from I guess that part of your life, um, coming out of high school, um, you did attend University of Washington, um, and you were in the art pro arts program there. Um, which, I, which, um, you know, I think I'm curious, just kind of the arts and being a college student is, uh, I think it just comes with a certain narrative that is normal is normally kind of like pushed on students who want to go into the arts. Um, but like, I guess, what was that for you or what was that like for you? I mean, I was, I was the black sheep okay. of my whole art program. Like, again, there, there was nobody that I could really connect with across the board. Cause again, I was like. <laughs> very business minded which doesn't typically go with art yeah i like sports that doesn't go with art like so there was like nobody who i could really connect with across all these levels and i mean i remember uh i I was one of the youngest students to uh, be selected to their study abroad program in rome italy so Mm -hmm. i got to go there and uh you know spend four months in rome Mm -hmm. and just absorb art and you know live with students, art students. So it was awesome to get to know people at, at, at that level, at, at a deeper level mm. and, and learn what makes them tick as artists, as people. Because I think on, on the outside, everyone has this preconceived notion of what it means to be an artist. And there's certainly a stereotype that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great to get that exposure to them and, and maybe vice versa. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, in terms of like my, my time at UW as an artist, um, you know, I, I've always been, I've always taken this mindset with art. That's like, I want people to, I don't want people to like BS themselves too much when it comes to like the creative process, yeah. like too many times. And, Cause I've, I've been on both sides of this where like, you know, the, 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 the example I give is like, I remember there's like this, uh, this TV commercial on several years ago where there was like this artist forgot his um he had an art show coming up he forgot all his canvases he's like what am i gonna do and he just went and he just put up a blank white canvas at his art show yeah. and then the people are like oh my god it's so amazing like <laughs> the, the snow yeah. it's like a blizzard right yeah. he's like yeah 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 <laughs> so it's like that kind of stuff it's like yeah i don't yeah, know and yeah. there's a lot of that kind of mentality in the traditional art world too mm, got you um so i think that that kind of feeds that intimidation factor because people are like oh, i don't know the blizzard like i don't really see that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so i think you got to cut through that a, a little bit um, but on the flip side there was some very very talented artists too and mm. i like i want to like put those people up on a pedestal mm. and whether it's like abstract whatever your style is mm-hmm. There's still excellence in all those different mediums and yeah. styles. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's got to kind of uh, figure out their own place and their own uh, thoughts and opinions on art. But that it kind of goes back to like I want to bring people in to mm, art and, yeah. mm-hmm. and expose them to to the different styles, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, let them make a decision for themselves. No, that's real. Yeah, that's real. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit more about like Rome, like yeah. being out there. Like, what was what was that like? experience like for you like did you pick up like certain things like artistically that you kind of like brought back mm-hmm. a little bit i mean art it in terms of like teaching art i think you can only learn so much of yeah. in a classroom mm-hmm. like art is very much just like repetition exploration of yourself and developing whatever style you want to do mm-hmm. so a lot of that's done outside of the classroom yeah but uh i mean it was just an amazing time because i mean you can imagine like a young college kid yeah you get dropped off in the, like the one of the most amazing cities mm-hmm. and probably the most amazing city when it comes to art. Yeah. So it was like my my apartment was a block away from the Vatican. Wow. So I would like walk past the Vatican every day um, to get to my classroom. And uh, our classroom was located in uh, the Campo di Fiori, which is like a really popular 
like town square in Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this statue in the middle. And I actually had the statue tattooed on my chest now because it was such a big part. Um, the statue, um, this guy by the name of Giordano Bruno, who was one of the first people um, who thought that um, the Earth wasn't the center of the universe, that you know it revolves around the sun. And he had all yeah. these like mm-hmm. he he like learned like r- real science, real facts, real, and like at the time. This went against everything that the church stood for. Yeah. yeah. And as a result, he was actually burned at the stake right there in that town square. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, and then they, eventually they, it came to be that he was true. Everything yeah. that he said was true. Mm-hmm. And they mm. made the statue. But it was like, for me, it was like, you know, he was one of the first, or at least, he, he was a, such a free thinker. Mm-hmm. And he stood by his principles and what he felt to be true to the point that he was willing to die for it. Mm. Yeah. So that was like one of the reasons. That it, so I got the tattoo just not only remind me of that time in Rome and Italy, but just like there was a bigger reason yeah. for that. And I think that trip in general, you, you learn so much about yourself. And that was just one yeah. of the, yeah. the small things mm. that I learned. But being able to travel around, like we went up and down um, Italy, um, you know, Milan. We went to like all the way out to like the middle of nowhere and like these farms yeah, yeah. like these wine villages. It was just crazy to have this type of access yeah. um, to opportunity like that. So it's, it's funny. We're actually tr- uh, planning a trip to Europe. I haven't been back to Rome since mm. and I have a daughter now and uh, she's, she's heard some of the stories and yeah. so she's excited to kind of have me take her through the city that yeah. I called home for four yeah. months. Wow. That's amazing, That's bro. Amazing. That's amazing. And it's, it's crazy what can happen in four months too. Right. Cause, you know, um, those moments, you don't forget them, but they also push you to, it's something that keeps that artistic fire still inside you. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you may go down a different path, right. Which in your case, um, coming out of college, you, you kind of did, right. I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit in terms of, I mean, you always love sports so that it makes sense why that may have piqued your interest to go in kind of want to play um, work for the Seattle Supersonics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess how did that opportunity come about out of college in terms of you getting involved with them? Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, even back in the before that, it was like I didn't think art was a real career path. And, you know, you had all those people yeah. planting those bugs in your ear that mm. it's, it's not real. Yeah, they're still out there. And Yeah, yeah. I even had a, a teacher tell me that, right, that, yeah. you know, you're not that good and all that nonsense. And I, unfortunately, I kind of believed it. Um and yeah, just decided that it was just not an option. So mm-hmm. um, kind of plan B was to figure out, you know, how do I get into the NBA? Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, I couldn't be a player. So the next best thing was working for our, our team, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember I, uh, I got in like the hardest possible way where I applied. I was still in college at the time. I applied to be on the game day staff. So I only worked games. And it was like signing people up for uh, like the loyalty rewards program. So oh, I would yeah. work like three hours. It actually cost me more money to park my car <laughs> than oh, what man. I made. So I was like losing money going to work all every day. Um, wow. But yeah, I got yeah. kind of got my foot in the door. Uh, met some people, and then the very next year, just as luck would have it, they were starting up um, like an inside sales team. The first time they've ever done this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of applied to that, and. Um, and got got hired, yeah. and then that was kind of the start of it. I was like the top salesman there, and yeah. kind of the promotion kind of went up from there. But yeah. it's just I'm, getting I'm, in. I'm curious though. Um, so I did actually see you did an interview with um, the who you who knew in this moment podcast, and I was I was watching that, and I, you did talk a little bit more about just your experience in sales in general, but working for them. And what stuck out to me was uh, the quote: "Nothing comes easy." Um, because I think people hear Seattle Supersonics and you work and you became a top salesman, but it doesn't just happen overnight. But like, can you talk about kind of like the grind, um, in terms of you learning like the hard way, I guess, of like, oh, this doesn't come easy. I had to figure this out. Yeah. I mean, starting right off the top, it's like everybody wants to work in pro sports, right? Cause it's the cool job, right? Mm -hmm. So like you have really, really talented people. And then on the flip side, they pay you like nothing because they know lots of people want to get Mm, in there. So right away, it's like this weird dynamic that you're playing against. Um, And then in terms of sales, I mean, this this is applicable really for any type of sales. But like you only you get out what you put in. So for us um, and this is like kind of pre social media days and because now everything is done like online, even sales. 
But like we were banging, like I had to bang out like a hundred calls a day, like every yeah, day. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And you do that for like months on end. It like, t- it takes its toll on you. But so for me, I would like try to make a game out of it. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. as soon as I like hung up, I would be like, I would already just try to be on my next call Yeah, yeah. and just like play little games with myself to get me not only through the day, but just all these touch points with so many people. And like over time, it's kind of like a microcosm of like a bigger, like small little seeds yep. that are going to eventually grow into something big. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of the thing, even though it was like super, super tough. I mean, people hanging up on you, mm-hmm. they don't want to hear from you, yeah. you know, you just kind of, but I, I tell anybody, man, if you, everybody should start a job in sales yeah. wherever you are, man. Like yeah. I, I started like at Foot Locker, like way back in the day mm-hmm. yeah. and just learn how to talk to people and handle rejection. Yep. And these are like such important lessons that will pay dividends down the road. So mm-hmm. if you can build that thick skin early, oh man, you'll be so much better off downstream. Yeah. Wow, man. That's, yeah. that's dope. So, um, Obviously, our Sonics left, so yeah, <laughs> which is probably one of the worst days of my life. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure for you, you know, just all of us in here. But um, how did so? What was like the transition like after that? Yeah, so it, it was even funny because I was there in the middle of it when the the team got sold to Clay Bennett. Yeah, and I remember him coming into our office yeah. and like meet. He met all of us one on one, and mm. the team staying. Yeah, all that stuff, and mm. then. Um, uh, my wife and I, we went to uh, NBA All-Star Weekend in Vegas that year. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a whole other crazy story about how we got into this Elton, Elton John show. Oh. But there was, <laughs> it was this private show for all the NBA people, and I saw David Stern there. And I actually approached him. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Keegan with the Sonics. And, yeah. And he, even he was like, oh, don't worry about it, man. The team's not going anywhere. Oh, like, my God. So I was feeling good. I had, you know, a couple people telling me that, hey, you David? know, we're staying. Yeah, David Stern, uh, yeah. you know, top dog. So. Yeah. Um, and, but unfortunately, once the writing was on the wall that, mm-hmm. you know, now the team's gone, yeah. there was one more season left that was like the lame duck season that everyone yeah. knew. There. Mm-hmm. So I actually left right in the middle of that transition. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, went, I got, uh, actually, ironically, one of my Sonics clients offered me this great position and, but ultimately it led me back to, um, I, I was on this new career path of business, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking like what's the next step to building my career in the mm-hmm. business world? So it kind of made sense to like go back and get my MBA since my undergrad was like an art degree. Yeah. So it didn't really pull a lot of weight yeah. in the business world. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, it took me back to UW and okay. uh, pursuing an MBA. Um, nice. Just, just looking back just on that time, do you have any like memorable moments from that Sonics era? Cause I, it's tough that this is so long ago that, We've had him since we've had him here, but like, what do you have any memorable moments? Things that like you remember? Yeah, man. In fact, I still keep in touch with a lot of uh, my friends and coworkers from those days. Yeah, like, they've all gone on to like awesome stuff, whether yeah. it's inside of sports, outside of sports. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had a Christmas party every year with the players would come to. Okay, so you got to hang out with all the players. Uh, I remember there's a few that would hit on my wife. Uh, that Christmas party, <laughs> you should probably remember that. Um, and, but even guys like like Ray Allen, like yeah, he, they're just like so genuine people. Like yeah. I remember, like we're all um, pretty young salespeople, like in our crappy suits, like cheap suits. And I remember he, me and my buddy um, coworker were at the Christmas party, and he came over. He's like, "Hey man, I like your suit." Yeah. And my friend's like, "Oh yeah, thanks man." Like Men's <laughs> Warehouse. <laughs> and he was like, "Hey man, that's dope, man." Like, but he was like genuine, like yeah, yeah. you know. So just being able to, I think you know, spend a little bit of time with people like that, Yeah. you know, cause you only see these people on like the highest pedestals yeah. and you don't really know how they are. Yeah. Um, that's, what's been kind of the coolest thing with some of my art projects too, is getting to, to know people outside of their like public beyond, persona. Yeah. yeah beyond yeah. the persona. That's so important, bro. It's so important, man. Cause yeah. it, context is everything. Um, now I, I am, I am kind of curious. Um, you know, you know, we, um, as we go through life, sometimes in life, you know, we, we get, kind of um, thrown the most unexpected challenges, right? I think all anybody in this room can definitely attest to that. Um, and then, so a little bit after that time, I believe, um, you know, you dealt with the unexpected passing of your mother, which um, in another interview, you mentioned how kind of going through that steered you back into the arts a little bit. Um, but do, can you share kind of like that process and kind of how that, how that navigation back to art kind of happened? Yeah, totally. So uh, coming out of grad school, um, I, I jumped right into the startup world. So mm. 
Um, we had started a company in school, mm. and then that kind of turned into a real company. We raised some money for that, and mm. then um, and then I joined a, a different startup from the very beginning. We raised a bunch of money, and we're kind of off and running in this new direction. So, like, yeah. full-on startup mode, business, all that. Yeah. Um, that that's my new path. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, you know, my mom unexpectedly kind of passed away. She had been battling cancer. She actually beat it one time previously, which mm. was kind of a miracle in itself. Mm, yeah. It was cancer-free for a few years, and then it kind of came back, um, you know, worse than ever. Mm. And I, I remember we were – we got a call on, like, a Friday of, like, hey, like, you might want to come down. Like, your mom, you know, she's not feeling too well. Mm. And, like, I think the next day she checked into the hospital – on the Saturday and then like the very next day, Sunday she had passed away. So mm. it was like bang, bang, yeah. bang. Like, mm-hmm. and it was like pretty traumatic for me. Cause I was, you know, so close with my mom, like growing up, like mm-hmm. all those years, like mm. she was always the person who gave you, gave me all that encouragement. Cause again, mm. being that shy kid yeah. with yeah. like zero confidence, yeah, she yeah. Would, she'd always be like, you know, kind of like plant that seed of like, why not you? Mm-hmm. Like I remember I did this project on um, like this marketing project on Nike in like mm. high school or something and yeah. she was like reading it. she's like wow you might be like the ceo of nike someday and i'm like yeah right like that's ridiculous but yeah. she's like you know why not like, yeah. yeah so yeah that's even, big yeah even yeah. though i didn't believe any of this stuff i think you know those types of comments and endorsements and support over the year kind of like eventually blossomed mm-hmm. so yeah when i when i lost her that was just like a big big piece of me that was now gone mm-hmm. and uh, i remember just driving home one day this is a couple of months after and uh, i was just thinking back to my childhood because yeah, as a kid like that's what i did a lot of was like drawing yeah and she was just always like you know it's so great and you're so good and yeah. you know like moms do mm-hmm. um and i was just thinking like damn yeah it's been a long time since i've drawn anything mm-hmm. like that was such a big i used to do this all the time yeah like, I should, yeah I should yeah just how much time it. in between would you say it was it was like 10 years okay wow yeah like i didn't zero art like wasn't even on my radar mm. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just came home one day and, uh, was like, man, what should I even draw? Like my, my favorite player is Michael Jordan. I should yeah. just draw Jordan. And I, yeah, I did that. And I remember I just posted it on like Facebook or something. And like a bunch of my friends were like, wow, this is like, I didn't know you could draw. This is awesome. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, and like one person had asked me, um, man, could you do a, a drawing of Cam Chancellor and I'll, I'll give you like a hundred bucks. And I was you know, I was like, damn, I like got a hundred bucks. Like, I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> rich, man, if I keep this going, you know. <laughs> that, that bowling alley hustles back. Yeah, right? yeah, a hundred, like, get a couple of these lined up. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that, again, just, like, right out right out the gates, like, a Cam Chancellor drawing. And I, I remember I posted that online, and Cam saw that one. Mm-hmm. And then he shared that. And then that, like, started off, like, this whole new direction that mm. was, like, totally unexpected yeah. of... Yeah. Man, crazy, craziness. Yeah, a wave came in. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, big, big wave. But yeah, kind of started there with Cam. Wow. Dang, man. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, your approach to like, before you draw something, like, what's your process? Do you have like something, like, you do, or like, what's pretty much the process that you kind of go through? Secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, first, I just think like. What, what would I want to own? Yeah. Like, what kind of piece of art would I want to own? Like, mm. who, what kind of player? What kind of imagery? Like, what would that be that I would expect, man, I, I got to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of start off the list of, like, all my favorite players. Yeah. And just go from there. And, and, and then, you know, the next step is really trying to find, like, a good image or images. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times I combine multiple images to create something new and unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just combing through something that's, uh, you know, that I think would be visually striking. Mm-hmm. I try to look at, like, high contrast stuff mm-hmm. um, just to make it, like, or, or just really iconic images in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's, like, what's been really cool, too, with a lot of my stuff. It's, like, people will know uh, immediately the moment that I – that I'm drawing or, or if they see it out in the public somewhere, they just assume it's a photograph, right? And they kind of just keep it moving. They mm-hmm. don't think anything of it. Yeah. But when they have that double take and uh, they have that aha moment, yeah. like that's the magic. That's the special moment mm-hmm. that makes it all kind of exciting. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of all over the place when I start, but uh, it, just in terms of like trying to figure out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's just grab your pencil and 
and, and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, for those listening, it's a pencil, by the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, real. it's a very distinct and unique uh, style. Yeah. It's it, weird, man, because there's no one, there's no like pencil artist. Like it's very, because I, I, I kind of avoided the the gallery circuit. Like mm-hmm. I did actually had a, a, I did connect with a gallery here in downtown Seattle, and I had a show there and all that stuff. And but if you go into any gallery anywhere, there's just Pencil arts like not even mm, yeah represented yeah so it, it, and I don't know why that is if it's like people are thinking it's like the the the, the pre uh you know the the pre yeah. artwork to mm. like the real artwork it's like, or, it's yeah. like <laughs> they think it's like a rough draft or something yeah. but it's like nah it's not yeah. <laughs> but so I think it was it's just a it's been a missed opportunity for like yeah everybody that's come before me like that that you know it's just not represented because I think when it comes to like people appreciating your work like who hasn't used a pencil to draw something yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you think oh man that's just a pencil like mm-hmm. I, I know what that is because mm-hmm. not everybody paints not everybody sculpts yeah. they can't really connect on that level yeah but everybody knows what a pencil is yeah, yeah. so then yeah. they can really appreciate yeah what's coming out of that thing yeah definitely man because um you're probably the first pencil artist that i know, <laughs> I know honestly, yeah you know what yeah. i mean so um but you're right about the double take. Like even when I seen, I think the picture that you drew of Jordan when he was jumping mm. from the free throw line, I had to like stop and like zoom in. <laughs> I'm like, this is really a pencil, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I just think it's like it's really dope, and um, yeah, it's, well, that it's was, just dope. I can't that one even was crazy because I remember I just posted it on Reddit with no expectation. Like yeah. I just put it on there and like went to bed. And like the next day, I woke up and it was like bonkers yeah and now it's like one of the most upvoted posts in all of reddit history wow and i don't it, it was just crazy like i started to read through the comments but there's like so many and yeah. like but people arguing like oh it's not real <laughs> it's like a photo filter it's yeah. a this, you're like that. should i just dispel this or i'm just gonna i'm just gonna, gonna, gonna have those people. they figured it out like yeah. no if you zoom in you can like see the pencil strokes yeah. here but yeah. then, you know, it was just like chaos damn um, I, I did want to stay on that topic of social media because part of kind of what um, kind of catapulted you was social media. Um, can you talk about kind of, I guess, for the artists and creatives out there, just kind of the power of releasing your art with no expectations? Um, because I think a lot of times people hold on to art. Um, they're so concerned with who's going to like it, who's going to connect to it, that it gets in the way of you being able to release. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, if I'm understanding correctly, I mean, because I, th- I think you can be, it, it depends what your motivations are. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the beginning, I didn't really have a big motivation in terms of, like, becoming an artist, per se. I just kind of put stuff up every once mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew from the very beginning, like, my motivation was, like, man, if I could figure out a way to, uh, you know, use my artwork to raise money. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I kind of, like, thought about that really, really early on. So, like, when I would then post something, there was, like, a reason behind it. I wasn't just throwing stuff yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, but also, I think for a lot of artists, like, you got to be able to tell your own story mm. uh, of you and your artwork because mm-hmm. uh, that that's what will ultimately resonate with people because there's a lot of great artists, yeah. but there's just no connection points for people to mm. really – become a big, big fan of that. Yeah. Mm. So for me, like that, that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, when I post on social media, I take people through the full creation process. Like yeah. you see that first ugly sketch of the thing yeah. in the beginning. And then like, I, I give people insights to what I'm like thinking or what I'm doing. Yeah. And then as you go through it, like you see it slowly come together. So I think, you know, just people get so much more uh, absorbed in the art itself. Yeah. And you know, by the end they, they feel like so much more part of the piece yeah. and it's yeah. a part of the creation process. Yeah. It's context is yeah, context, context is important, yeah. man. I even, um, I don't make, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it takes a lot of time to do the pieces you do. Um, yeah. do you, too long. Yeah. yeah a lot of time. <laughs> can you, can you like talk about that a little bit? Like how long would you say, or for some of your pieces, like is a average length of time to, to till it's complete? Yeah, it's 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 it it depends on the piece itself, obviously. But um, you know, I started off think because I always had to like readjust my mindset of like what I'm doing, like because in the beginning it was like, oh man, like five hours is so long, and then it was ten, and then it was yeah. like thirty hours on a piece. Mm. Then I was like pushing fifty on some, mm. and like like the Jordan one was like over three hundred hours. Wow, you wow. know, so it's like 
but as you take on, as you continue to challenge yourself, mm-hmm. you just got to know that this is going to take longer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you got to adjust your mindset accordingly. Because yeah. I, I know so many artists, they're like, man, I get so bored mm. on like doing the same thing for so long mm. and you wanted to start something new. And there's always that, that inclination to do just that. But I think mm. part of like training your mind to fight through that, because ultimately like at the end of it, to, to create a piece like that Jordan one, that yeah. it was just so challenging for so many different ways, which we could get into if you want, but yeah. um, <laughs> like most people won't even try that. Mm, cause yeah. it, cause like that many small faces. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading the comments like, Oh, it must, it's gotta be like the size of a wall yeah. to get that much detail in those faces. But it's like, it was not, it was like this big. It was like 22 wow. inches by 30, like, wow. and like hundreds of faces. So like, yeah, you know, so I, I think you got to be able to just like train your mind. Yeah. Get comfortable. Yeah. Knowing that you're in for long haul and it's like a daily battle to yeah. like slowly put one foot in front of the other yeah. and know yeah. where you're trying to get to. Cause I'm glad you, I'm glad you, cause man, I think that's a side of art people don't appreciate, you know, like people appreciate sports and athletes cause you can see the physicality in it and you can see, Oh, they're in the gym working or they're doing this to, to, be able to do what they do. But I think what you're talking about is something that maybe the average person doesn't even know exists. Well, it's, I mean, you want to be good at anything. I don't care what it is. It's Mm -hmm. about consistency. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I I work like seven days a week, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I used to be like a late work late into the nights Mm -hmm. until like two in the morning, whatever. And then I kind of flipped it. Um, so now I get at, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning, I'm up and adamant, like going in Mm -hmm. I do it, you know, that seven days a week. Yep. And like, Again, when these pieces take so long to do, you just got to keep chipping away. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, no days off. Yeah. I like know? that. Um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of faces, um, <laughs> I it was, it was kind of dope how, like, you hide your face in <laughs> in uh, the pieces. So, how did you, like, think to, like, even do that? I Gosh, I can't even remember how it started originally. It might even have been, like, some weird, like, meme that was online i remember there was something going around where people were taking a picture of like holding up my drawing or something and then somebody would take a picture of that picture and put them so i don't know it's like this like inception (laughs) thing um i think that's how it like started but um i think it's just uh, the idea came of just being able to connect with people and connect bring them into the art in different ways and have multiple levels of experience Yeah. yeah so like i think you know, when you, like we talked about, when you have that aha moment that this is like a drawing, that's mm-hmm. kind of like level one. Yeah. You get into it, you're really appreciating like what it is, like the line work, you can see the shading. Yeah. And then there's just like that little cherry on the top. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like a person in the crowd. So yeah. it's like, oh, he's the camera guy, yeah. and, uh, whatever. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm just like hidden into like a jersey <laughs> yeah. fold or something, yeah. you know? So that's dope. Like, that's yeah, really it's dope. like the extra thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely uh, gave me like, where's Waldo vibes? Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Like, man, that's for sure. dope though, you know? So. And people are like, they, they're waiting for that now. That's like yeah. whenever I post like a final drawing, they're like, ah, I just found you, man. <laughs> they're like, where you at? And it's like, now it's like a thing that I got to <laughs> yeah. keep doing. That's dope, yeah. man. So. That's dope. It's a creative way to keep people engaged with the art. Um, I did want to. I did want to kind of veer into not only how um, dope your art is and how great it is, but how impactful it is through um, kind of the philanthropic model you've created, where you're able to raise money, um, which looks like you've raised close to 700k and counting um, thus far um, through your art pieces. So, can you kind of just touch on like, do you get time to reflect on that? Just to think, like, damn, like I'm doing this through something that I just you know, I tried to I have mean, fun with at one point. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it too. A lot. My, my wife, you know, she's really into giving back too. So mm. it's kind of part of our family, um, like our, our family DNA, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, it just, it, it adds up like consistency, you know, it's like these little bits over mm-hmm. these years, you know, and it was, I remember that first one, I didn't even know if it would work, um, you know, with Richard Sherman. And I just, it was kind of just a crazy thing where I just saw him post about his like softball game that was coming up, his yeah. charity softball oh, yeah. game. And I was yep. like, Oh man, like, should I reply to his tweet and tell him about this like crazy idea I have? Like, yeah. would he even, you're not even going to see it. He's not even going to respond. He's yeah. not like, I was yeah. like, Oh, screw it. I'll just do it. Shoot your yeah. shot. Shot. Yeah. And he replied and I was like, 
I sent him a DM with like, hey man, I got this idea. Like, I'm gonna do this drawing. I will do 200 prints. I'm selling for 200 each, 40 grand. We'll just donate all of it. Like, mm. what do you think? And he was just like, right away, man, that's dope. Like, let's yeah. do it. And I was like, oh shit. So, <laughs> yeah. It like, and then I still didn't know if it would work. Like, it, I thought it would work, but the, when it just sold out instantly, I was like, man, there's like something here. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, you know, went from there. That was the first one. But having that, those proof points early on, mm. just kind of laid that foundation. Um, because it started even that very first project, you know, his, um, blanket coverage foundation, it was mm -hmm. basically helping like underprivileged kids who didn't have money with like school supplies and backpacks. And it was yeah. like, like I saw myself kind of in that world, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, man, if I could help people like me or grew up in an environment like me, mm -hmm. um, and even with Russell, the, you know, project with Russell Wilson, like his, his charity, um, yeah. was all about just exposing people, giving them um, access to new opportunities that you wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, man, I just want people to have an opportunity to be like whoever they want to be mm -hmm. in whatever field they want to be in. Cause I think so many people get pigeonholed into uh, this career mm -hmm. where you, it, it's like this linear progression. Like you go to high school or maybe you go to college mm -hmm. and then you just get your job for the next 30 years mm -hmm. and then people mm -hmm. end up hating their lives you know, because yeah. they get yeah. stuck in this place that they don't want to be. So I think early on, if you can expose these people to these other um, avenues, yeah, um, man, that's like what I really, really wanted to do. So I think that the, the raising money is part of that. And then the other side of it is like visiting schools and like kind of mm. telling my story and how I went from here to here to here yeah. yeah, and just planting those seeds yeah. as widely as possible. Yeah, no, that's important, man. And I just, uh, I'm a real big, like, enthusiast when it comes to finding intersections. Like, there's always intersections. And in your world, you you found one. You said, okay, well, I can do philanthropy. I can still do art. And I just got to find a way to make it intersect. And you did. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great message. But you do need those proof points. I like that term. Proof points are important. Well, just in art, artists too, I think a lot of them, like you got to just have also a basic understanding of like business dynamics. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's nice to create art, but if there's no way to get it out into yeah. the public and no yeah. one wants to buy it or you mm -hmm. can't figure out how to move product, yeah. that's another major roadblock yeah. for a lot of artists. So like I've gone into art classes too and just be like, hey, here's like... Yeah. some things to be aware of if you're trying to like build a business yeah. behind yeah. your art. Yes. Yeah. If you want to get from here to here to here, yeah. these are like the foundational elements that have to be in place. Yeah. Do they teach that in art schools? I'm just curious. I'm not sure. Not my art school. Okay. Yeah. It's like not even on the radar. <laughs> like, don't worry about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I think, well, Hey, there's a, there's, there's a void for it. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a void Bringing for the education. Oh, uh, man, Keegan, man, you've been dropping so many gems, man, and we, we definitely appreciate you just being here and sharing your time with us. Um, I did kind of want to ask, I asked a lot of guests this question, but I'm, I'm curious um, if you can, if you could talk to your younger self, right? Like the kid in Sumner um, or even a little bit older, like 2023, you, what would you tell that kid? What would you tell him? I would. A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy because, like I said, I was that shy kid, man. Yeah. And I thought, you know, whether it was because of the dynamics with my sister, like people are looking at me, like I just felt like people always had a negative perception of me no matter what I did. Mm. Um, and I would try to like go back and say none of that stuff matters. Like those people aren't looking at you. They don't really care mm -hmm. what you're doing in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So like forget all that noise. Yeah. And, and just like be yourself, do what you want to do mm. without holding back. Cause I, I mean, man, especially now with social media, I can't imagine growing up with social media now when yeah. everything's just like out there, <laughs> like whatever you do. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of kids are just caught up on that mm -hmm. and like the image yeah. and, and like, like self-confidence is at like an all time low, I think for yeah. a lot of kids because mm. they see all these other things of like people living their best life. Yeah. And a lot of times that's like not even real. No, so not yeah. at all. I think you just got to be able to block out all those external perceptions yeah. um, and not let them get to you on, on a deep level. Cause for me, they got to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they get to a lot of people. So yeah. I think they just need to know that that's, that's not a real, yeah. it's not real. And there's so much more on the other side. Once you can kind of shake that. Yeah. That's and, real. And get in your own lane. That's real. That's real, man. Um, now, I did want to give you a chance to speak to maybe some things you did have coming down the pipeline or some some things that maybe people want to know about or even how they can um, further, I guess, support, um, you know, the, the projects that you got going on. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess my website's like the hub, right? It's just mm-hmm. KeeganHall.com. Okay. Um, you know, we're wrapping up a, a project right now with um, pro surfer Kelly Slater. Okay. You know, the oh, greatest yeah. surfer yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, he just won another championship, right? Like, Beast. he's the old guy out there and still, like, killing the kids. He's like um, LeBron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still doing it. So we're almost sold out. Um, and then there's a most of the most of my projects sell out, but there's a few on there that if you still want to support – um, again, every project's for a totally different charity. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's very diverse on who we're trying to help. Um, so whether it's, uh, well, I guess, you know, Eddie Vedder sold out, Dave Grohl sold out, mm-hmm. Jordan Morris is gone, but there's a couple that are still on there. Okay. Um, but, but this year, man, I'm excited for this year. There's a lot of projects in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like, really big, big conversations with big, big companies. So... Mm. I think there'll be more to come out here in the next yeah. like month or two. Nice. So they'll um, follow you on social media. And yeah. yeah. For Seattle, if you're a Seattle sports fan and beyond, mm. um, there's some pretty wild stuff in the works. Okay. Well, you you nice. you well, you made it very clear that your 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 plans are to be a future owner of this of the Seattle Sonics. So, <laughs> and I'm still. It's funny when I was. Um, so Wally Walker was the present CEO of the Sonics. Yeah. Um, he's also like a finance guru like okay. he actually is really in he's a certified financial analyst so when i was in grad school um i was also interested in finance and, and i was an intern at his hedge fund oh wow um, so he's part of one of the groups who's vying to bring the sonics back okay so i'm trying to i'm trying, trying to get on wally's good side and like <laughs> what's like the smallest minority share i could yeah, get to on. get on the roster come on wally so, yeah come on wally, come let through, wally. Let man. Man. Wow. that's amazing man well i'm looking forward to it man um now i we do ask every guest this question before we wrap up things um so if you can my brother what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why man i think just just i mean for me like the the big word that i always like resonates w- with me is perseverance mm. cuz like there's always going to be ups and downs mm-hmm. but you just got to you know keep your eye on the prize right so like for me just like that consistent perseverance of just mm-hmm. keep moving forward um especially like when i would speak to young kids cuz mm-hmm. they get so caught up on the small things yeah. but you just just keep it moving man just yeah. like persevere keep pushing mm-hmm. this too shall pass mm-hmm. and uh you know there's brighter days ahead so mm-hmm. i think perseverance is, is is my word let's go yeah that's, i like that that's definitely the the theme i was getting <laughs> yeah man I, you dope. definitely live it you definitely live that yeah. word yeah i love it man for well sure. um keegan again man we, we just want to thank you for spending time with us sharing your journey um sharing your wisdom and dropping these gems for the people um the listeners and viewers i'm sure they're they just got a wealth of knowledge, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and inspiration. Um, and, you know, you got support with us here at the Up and Up always. Always. Um, Appreciate we that. Wish you wish you much success moving forward. Um, and with that said, I think it's safe to say, man, Keegan Hall is officially a member of the Up and Up. Yeah. Yeah. So we get yeah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate All you, bro. Right, Thank, Thank you, bro. You. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the Up and Up.